Yo, what's poppin', people? It's your boy Kaz here once again for the Say Less Podcast. I want to thank you all for subscribing, as always, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, you know the deal by now. Wherever you get podcasts at, you can download this show. But if you want to see me in all my glory, go to YouTube.com slash Kazim. Every Monday through Friday, we drop in interviews with interesting people, interesting guests. And this guest today isn't... uh. As interesting as everybody that's been on the show, or did I say isn't as interesting? He's probably the most interesting that we've had on the show. Excuse me. That was a crazy, crazy thing. But I'm not going to edit this because it's a podcast. And if I feel like you edit out a podcast, you pussy. Super pussy. Anyway, um, this is my man. Uh, his name is OG Chase B. He is not only the official DJ for Travis Scott, but he is also uh, one of the label heads over at Cactus Jack Records, heads of A&R. Um, just opened up a store in Houston with Travis Scott. Uh, basically, his right-hand man. Figured it would be a great time to catch up with my boy, especially after they just crushed uh, the Fortnite record for that live performance that took place uh, this past week on uh, whether you're on Xbox or PS4, wherever you're watching or playing Fortnite. It was crazy. And it might be the future, but we hope not because we all want to get back outside and be around other people. But this is a great, great sit down. We talk a long time about just everything that he's been through from performing to no people to performing for 100,000 people, uh, the Fortnite uh, collaboration, the Jordan collaboration, um, the new album coming out, the Scots with Kid Cudi, uh, flies in the room. So much really, really, really dope conversation with my guy Chase. Uh, you know, and it's it, it's 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 crazy out there, man. And him living in Houston, me living in New York, doesn't really have it as bad over here. But um, uh, you know, it's 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 wild right now. But uh, I hope these conversations. And not just this conversation, but the conversation that we've been having all week long, every Monday through Friday during this incredible time that we're living in, kind of gets you through the day and gets you up and motivated and, uh, you know, gives you something to look forward to, man. I know it's hard out here for a lot of people, people losing jobs, people losing family members, people losing everything. But uh, if there's anything about Chase and Trav and what these guys do on a daily basis is that they bring smiles to people's faces. They make people happy. They make people feel good. And I hope this podcast is helping you feel good wherever you may be going through. Just know that this thing isn't forever. Just know that this thing is temporary. Just know that eventually we're going to get through this really trying time in our nation's history. Uh, so until then, man, we're going to have some good talk. We're going to have some fun. We hope you enjoy this conversation. This might be one of my favorite episodes so far, man. And I say so far because we're just getting started, baby. We're just getting started. So Emilio, do what you do best, man. Besides create amazing podcasts. Hit the fucking music. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my man, OG Chase B. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I appreciate the love, man. Of course, bro. It's been, it's been a minute, man. How you holding up out there? Uh, shit. Uh, I feel like, you know, I'm healthy, you know, not too much Good. to complain about. Uh, I feel like I, at this point, that's like the only thing you can, can look for is to just be healthy, stay out of the way, and I uh, hope that. Hope that Rona doesn't get you, man. Yeah, yeah. bro. That shit is out here, man. Like, I, that's the only, I feel like that's the only thing I can ask people before I, I talk to them. I'm like, yo, you good? Family good? Rona ain't got you? Like, do you have coronavirus? Like, 
That shit is out there. So, um, I mean, man, let's 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 get right into it, bro. It's been a crazy couple. Well, I guess twenty four hours for for the camp over there. Uh, oh, yeah. Last night, you guys smashed a Fortnite record with that Travis mm-hmm. Scott concert that you guys put on uh, yeah. through through the video game through Epic Video Games. Um, mm-hmm. Man, just just. As somebody who's Travis's right-hand man and probably was in the room for all these things going on, how did that yeah. whole thing come about? Man, uh, so for that, that was actually something. Like, I know David and all of them, I know Sigmar had a lot to do with it, too. Mm-hmm. They've been working on it for so long. Yeah. And uh, really, like, with all those ideas for it, it's just, you know, it just comes out of just us just being in, you know, we have, a, like, an office space um, in L.A. where we all just kind of just, just link up and we just think of all these things that would make sense for us to do, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, we just kind of just curated so it makes sense for everybody and, and just knock it out. But the Fortnite thing was definitely, you know, just something that, uh, you know, like like Ray and everybody, like even David and a lot of our friends are just, you know, they're, they're involved in the game, you know, whether it be like officially or not. So it just, you know, something that just makes sense. We all, we're all like gamers and shit like that. So, uh, yeah, fucking Epic just, you know, brought the opportunity around and, you know, we just, we just kind of took it around with it. So. Bro, I heard you not even – you put out a tweet that you're like, you don't even like – you're not even good at Fortnite. I'm like, not good at – I want to be good at the shit. I want to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I never want to be bad at anything. So, even yesterday, like, before the before the show started or whatever, I'm running around with Ray and whatever, playing the game, and, like, I'm getting killed, like, seven, eight times. And I'm thinking, like, yo, if I get killed <laughs> any more times, I'm probably going to, like, get booted out of the concert and not even see it. <laughs> so I died like eight times before she even started. So I'm just like, yeah, right after the show, I was like, yo, I'm out of here, bro. I'm, I'm <laughs> nah, that's just crazy though. I mean, like the, you said it was, it was, it was in a, it was in, in, in production for a long time, but yeah. just the timing of it now where literally yeah, yeah. everybody's yeah. home and on video games. It's hard to do anything, you know, to, to, to life. During this time, you know what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm glad it could happen right now. Yeah, and like it was just like a big day for culture in general, like sports. It was the NFL draft, and you know, with the Fortnite thing, it was, it was just like at least it felt like outside a little bit. Like you could taste it, maybe just a little bit. You know, just a little bit, just a little. Yeah. Bit. I felt like I was a part of something. I feel like you yeah. know, there's not a whole lot of things that that are connecting people right now outside of like FaceTime and you know doing right, right. YouTube streams and stuff like that. And I felt like that was the first time I really felt that. Oh wow, this is. This is kind of like a glimpse into the future right now. Yeah. Like, be, I don't know when's the next time we're going to be able to pack like 40,000, 50,000 people into one place. Like mm-hmm. this kind yeah. of feels like where, you know, the future of music production and concerts are going. What do you think? Uh, it definitely felt like it. I hope it's not. <laughs> like <laughs> It was fire that it could happen, but I definitely would rather perform in person than to be on Fortnite. In the, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. It, it's I'll- I'm, I'm glad they're making it work, though. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, man. So, so let's talk about let's talk about just, you, just a little bit of your upbringing, man. I know you were born in Houston. You know, what yeah. I'm saying I like, came up through uh, born in Houston, moved to Philly, correct? Mm-hmm. And I was born in Houston. I moved to Philly when I was like four ish. I want to say maybe like three or four. You okay. know, check my diary or whatever. But uh, <laughs> three or four. Well, back to Houston when I was like. Nine, ten-ish around okay. there. Okay, but but Houston really shaped just like you know the way you saw music and and anything like that, right? Yeah, just because and just in my family, I was like the they always like kind of get on me because I'm like the Texas one. No, no one else in my family's even from here. You know, like my whole like my mother's from Jersey, my dad's from CT, my brother's from CT. You know, so it was it was always like I was just like the different one. 
Yeah, like, uh, cause, dog, I didn't even, like, I mean, I knew, like, you had Houston ties, but, like, I always saw you up in New York, so I just always yeah. thought you were just, you were just from around here. So. Yeah, right, it just kind of felt right in. And even, like, in the summers and shit, I would be in, uh, I would be, like, in Harlem and shit. Like, my, I would stay with my grandmother in, um, in East Orange, New Jersey, and we would just always, like, take trips to Harlem and just be on 2-5th, like, buying, like, whatever the fuck, you know. I just saw I could come back to Houston with it and be like, nah, y'all niggas don't got this, you know what I'm saying? This is New York shit, <laughs> And I was like, always like my little flex. So it just kind of like felt, you know, natural to just gravitate back to New York. And uh, that's what happened. Because I went to Howard and after that, I just kind of just was like, you know, it's a couple hours north. I got some family there and I just kind of figured it out. Stayed there for a little bit. So, I mean, I know you tell the story a million billion times over, but for the people who are just watching the show for the first time, like how were you, how did you and Travis actually meet? Uh, shit. Our, our, it was like fucking, yeah. When I moved back to Houston, he was probably, I'm the first people I met. Mm-hmm. Um, like our moms were really cool and shit. And then our uh, we were a couple like minutes away, um, our high school shit series is dropping right. Now. Um, yeah, like our schools were like a minutes away. Our high school was like five minutes away. They were like rival high schools and shit. So we were always just around each other, like whether it be football games, you know, just like most city is like a. It's one of them places where like it's a very like high school kind of like. It's such a big factor in, in just the whole city and all of that. So, uh, yeah, we just always just around each other and shit. So, just, you know, and then the music shit was just like a whole other thing that we never even thought was going to happen. Like, when we were in high school. This is, I was like more of like a college thing. But before that, we were just always with friends and, you know, just fucking around around the city and shit. So, I mean, and now you're, you're, you're I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to downplay it and just call you like the DJ. Not that that's not a, an important thing to do, but like you're more so just like, you're more than that. You're business partners. You've opened stores mm-hmm. together. You run Cactus Jack Records. You do all these mm-hmm. things together. You're almost like his right hand man at this point. Um, yeah. you know, when, when it comes to, first, let's talk about Cactus Jack Records. I mean, you put out, yeah. you know, the album this year, uh, kind of mm-hmm. like a compilation. Uh, with yeah. not just new Travis music, but artists you've been working with. Um, how much did you factor into like finding these artists that you know Travis is working with together? As far as like whether it's A and R and whether it's putting songs mm-hmm. together, or putting records together. What was yeah. the, that process like? Yeah. So at the beginning, uh, my like position in Cactus Jack was going to be like the A and R. Like when we first like were putting it down like on paper. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, was going to be like my like position of it. So I was always like kind of just run through music and seeing like, all right, would this be it? Because it's more about about whether it's like an aesthetic fit with us. You know what I'm saying? Like obviously right. there's so many talented artists and, you know, you can sign them and just make them stars and like whatever. But it's always been kind of like an aesthetic thing and more of like a family thing with us and shit like that. So, uh, yeah, we at first we just went through all these, you know, different artists. Like we had like lists and lists of people and whatever. And then – um yeah, like even like with Shaq, uh, like White Trash Tyler was like, he was the one like, yo, like, you know, I got this friend, you know, Chuck West, whatever, he's niggas right. from Harlem. We had heard about him and shit. We was like, all right, so we kind of dived in more. And it was kind of just like a collective decision. Like, yo, we fuck with this kid. Like, his energy's crazy. Like, it's like, you know, we're all from Texas. This like, he's like the New York, like, young energy and shit. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, and then, you know, Tyler, like, vibes for him so hard. And he just, Shaq's thing was like his, his, creativity was so just like steadfast and just like unapologetic and very direct. You know what I'm saying? Like he had his vision. Like that's one yeah. thing about him. he had his own vision for for his shit. And we just really respected that. And then um we I don't feel like nobody really saw Mobamba coming. You know, like it was the song was you know and uh, but Liv Shack West was like the joint. You know what I'm saying? That was like the one he performed and like the kids would know it more right. than 
for, for the most part. And then when he started doing a lot of shows, he was just like, yo, my mom was just kind of like taking that, you know, taking that route. And that just ended up what it was. So, you know, I'm super happy for him. And with Don, um, our friend Jono actually was like, I guess, I don't know how Don got his music to Jono, but he played it for us. Um, and I remember I heard back in and like a couple of other older Don songs that I don't even know if anybody knows. And um, yeah, we were just like, yo, this kid's sound is like, you know, he had like a very like authentic and, you know, just a unique sound. You know, and he was from Houston too. So we were just like, all right, this makes sense. And then he came to the studio and his work ethic, you know, he would knock out like seven, eight songs in a day and shit like that. So he was like, nah, like, you know, we got to figure out how we can make this work, you know, between Kaki Jack and Don. And, you know, now he's where he is. So, you know, this whole thing has just been like a big experiment for, for all of us. And, you know, it just works so beautifully, you know, with because we all have similar tastes at the end of the day when it comes to like even just fashion and music and whatever. So we all kind of like agree on, you know, what's best for, for the whole brand. And, you know, it's just been a total, you know, a huge amount of fun just to find everybody. And so... Yeah, we're now we're just looking for more people to just sign and bring it to the family, and you know, if it works, it works. So. Understood, understood. And, and in addition to that, it kind of feels like you know, you guys uh, don't get too much in the way of artists if they have like their own vision. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like you know, with the, with the label like Cactus Jack, I mean, I just know from the outside looking in, I already mm-hmm. kind of know what type of energy I'm probably going to yeah, get from the Travis Scott Chase yeah, B. Yeah lead label does it ever yeah. get a little too uh i don't want to say hard but like does it mm-hmm. do, how many times do you have to rein yourself in from trying to put too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to, like creating yeah. something collaborative like that i feel like we've never really run into that problem to be honest just because mm-hmm. like i said like everyone's so direct like with their visions and stuff like that i feel like it's never like no one's overbearing anything like that it's never really run into that problem yet especially like with jack boys that was kind of everybody just kind of had their own individual efforts, you know, and we just kind of like brought them together. Like we had these sessions and we'd have, you know, all the producers in the studio and it never was just like, yo, like we need this type of song for this out. It was, they never ran into that. We were just kind of, everybody was just cooking and we just all came together at the end and was like, all right, this, you know, this makes sense for, you know, like sonically and, you know, just aesthetically, it all just made sense and it was fun. And we put it out, we'll probably do another one, like who knows when, you know, it, but it's never just been like, all right, like Don, Nah, like you gotta come like this or like check like nah. This time, last time you came like this. This time you come like that. Like it's never really been any of that type of shit. So that's definitely a blessing, you know. Hell yeah! I mean, shit. So when it comes to you know not just being behind the scenes and working with artists and and crafting sounds mm-hmm. for people, not mm-hmm. only you know you have a unique perspective when it comes to you know not just Travis's music but just the performances. Mm-hmm. I always tell people like, yo, you have to go to a live Travis Scott show if it's the last sure. thing you do. If you like live events, if you like live music, if you like just the experience of, of the rage and all that type of shit, you got to mm-hmm. go to the Travis Scott show. For yeah. people who've never been to a Travis Scott show, mm-hmm. what is it like? Man, that shit's just energy. And and the biggest thing that gets, like, misconstrued is, is like, how, like, obviously, like, kids are in there. You know, I'm not going to say, like, no, no one's ever, like, broken any bones. At, <laughs> like, you know, that, that's going to happen. But, uh, like, the fans are so, there's, like, the, the energy is so just, like, genuine. And for the most part, it's respectful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. That's why these kids, they're not outside, like, shooting up anything. And they're not outside, like, fighting. Not that, that, that I know of. But, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> for the most part, you know, like, when you come in, you let that energy out. And it's, positive. Out. it's positive. It's positive. You know, it, it, whether it be a mosh pit or singing the words to, like, an Astro Thunder or R.P. Screw or something like that, like, it's all positive energy, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like that's what we're getting off, off a of stage, and they're giving it right back to us, you know? So that's, like, the biggest thing. But other than that, 
that shit is the loudest shit you'll ever go to in your fucking life, you know, just because we just, you know, and at this point, we're just so polished when it comes to these shows, man. Like, we've, we've performed for, you know, you saw the video in the documentary of, you know, it was me, Mike Dean, and Trav, and it was, like, four people. At South oh, South. I've been to some of those shows back in, like, yeah, South Park. Yeah. It was just, yeah. like, you like, and a couple guys. Good. But the yeah. thing about you and Trav is that, like, it could be eight people. It could be 80,000 people. The yeah. same energy was being kept. Yeah, so it's, like, it's really it's, dope it's, to see that go from where it was then to where. Yeah, yeah we've literally we've done every step of the way, man. That's one thing about both of our careers is that we've, you know, we've we've performed for one person, we've performed for you know hundreds of thousands. You know, we we opened up for arena shows, headline arena shows, opened up on fucking bars and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like we we've done mm-hmm. all of that. I feel like when it comes to a lot of shows, it's really nothing you can like. We don't even sound check for most of these shits for real. Like, we can, <laughs> and, like, we can pull up to an arena and just rock the shit, like for real. Like, make sure our ears is, is man, we fuck that shit up. It's just fun for real. I can't wait. That's the one thing about this shit bro, is that, like, we not to say I took it for granted, but when you get in that mode, especially like over in Europe, you doing all these festivals and it's, you see the same kind of reactions every day. I could literally be on, on the mic, kind of just getting this that like you know I'm saying of course I'm gonna say this out live you know I'm I'm damn near daydreaming because you know we did this shit yesterday I'm gonna do it again tomorrow so I'm just kind of like just going through the motions and shit right and now I'm just so ready to perform again it's like damn you're like why now you know what I'm saying uh-huh. especially all this music that's coming out and all this shit it's like the one thing I want to do is just perform and that shit obviously you know. It's rough, man. It's rough, especially like you said it. Like, there's all this new music coming out. We heard the Scots this morning with with, with Trav and Cuddy, and you know they've done music together in the past. But like, we all know, you know, not just with Travis, but just like that whole generation of of music fans have been inspired by Cuddy and how you know how much he's meant to Trav. Tell me a little about how that song came about, and you know why. This why they decided to 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 put it out yesterday in addition with the Fortnite rollout and all that stuff. I mean, the timing just made sense, you know. Like they just wanted to have something because with the with the performance, we didn't want to just leave it as you know songs that you guys have heard before, you know. So we just like a little just an added thing. And with them just collaborating, you know, they were just you know they've been kicking it, man. LA just catching a huge vibe and shit. Uh, both had a little bit of downtime, like off a tour. And all that type of shit. They just been kicking it locked in, just making music, you know. And that was that's you know, that's the joint. So the Scots is that's definitely a movement, you know what I'm saying? I hope they they got some more shit. I hope they just you know what I'm saying, just decide to bless the people with it and shit. But I mean there's, just, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of uh merch and, and there's there's the vibe, yeah, yeah. Action there's all that type yeah. of stuff. Is it gonna be is it gonna be more than one song? Is it a project? They, they have, I don't wanna speak for them at all when about putting shit out. But they have shit, so it's up to them. But they definitely have some shit. Like if they even play, I don't know if he was on Travis's live yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he he let another one go. Just he just offer the energy. You know what I'm saying? Like they got some shit. So it's all up to them. I mean, them, them niggas, man, they they the wizards and the and the and the owls of this shit. So <laughs> figure out, you know, a way to, to put it out where it, you know it, it it compliments both of them. So hell yeah, hell yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's so. Tell me a little about the album that y'all been working on, man. We heard Flat Highs in the room. We heard the Scots last night. Like you know, what, at the Astro World and and how massively successful that album has been between the Netflix and the, and the, and the touring and and yeah. the merch and all that type of shit. Like it feels like there's only it could only get bigger at this point. Like yeah. certain artists get to a point where you know they they reach a level of success. 
that is huge. And then they reach like another level that most yeah. people never really get to, especially yeah. after yesterday, especially after Astro World, especially after yeah. the Netflix stuff. Travis Scott is probably like right. He's like not not even knocking at the door. Like he's there as far yeah. as like those tier one acts and artists in music, not just hip hop. So where yeah. what do we expect from this next Travis Scott album? The next one, it just got to be, honestly, not to sound like a dick or nothing, but it's just got to be bigger. Like, you know what I'm saying? That just that sentence was. Pause, that whole shit, all right? Not to sound like a. Pause, pause, pause. Not to sound like that guy. It just has to be just, you know, sonically, we just want it to just be more experimental. Just, you know, just, just, yeah, just bigger sounds. You know what I'm saying? Uh. Yeah, Astro, because the thing with Astro, it was such like a target. You know what I'm saying? It was like we probably, you know, just Trav probably knew he wanted to make an album like Astro when he was like 11 years old, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was like a target and he hit it. And so now it's just like, it's just going bigger than that, just sonically. And, you know, so is it um, more, so is this album more of making a target or is this an album just like, okay, we just got to follow up on this fucking massive home run we just hit? Yeah, it's not even like a follow up. It's just that we just want to. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're always we just want to make that album that we just all know is like, yo, we fucking snapped on this shit. Like we like it's undeniably classic. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Just tens across the board, just just getting better at music. You know, that's always the goal. I feel like it's, you know, it's not about uh in the eyes of, of, of everybody else or like whatever, or following up in Astro World. Um yeah, it's just about getting better at music and just making shit that we feel like is better than the last project. So that's all it's about. One thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Look My Michael Fly, the Netflix documentary that you and Trav and the gang put out throughout this year. Uh, And it really chronicles not just uh, your life, Travis's life, um, everything, how how your entire crew kind of like rose together, the bigger he got. One thing that really stuck with me and one thing that we talked about earlier in the interview was just about how you guys went from performing for literally nobody to – selling out stadiums and being probably the best live act in hip hop music. Um, talk to me a little bit about like the mentality it takes to kind of like never ever get too big headed and just to kind of know, you know, where you came from and just knowing that like, you know, all this could go tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it, it technically kind of has just with the whole quarantine shit that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> like, t- tell me how you kind of kept yourself level headed throughout this entire, uh, you know, rise that you guys have been on together. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's. Oh shit! Oh, shit. Like, What's up? I think I'm like, I'm like echoing. Alright, I, I can hear you. I think you're good. On oh, my side, it's like echoing. Oh shit! I, I think I'm good now. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, shit! I don't know if it's like the hunger for more, or if it's like we honestly were just like raised right. Like I don't know. Like we we definitely come from. You know, both of our families are very, you know, hardworking and, you know, level-headed. And uh, they just kind of kept us just grounded. You know, I, I feel like it's and just where we come from. You know what I'm saying? Like, we definitely come from that whole, like, not a who do you think you are type of thing. But it's just like, you know, we're, we're all in this together type of shit. You know? So, yeah. Um, our friends definitely keep us all level-headed and shit like that. And at the end of the day, we do always want more. And I, we all, we know that it could be going tomorrow. So the fact that... Uh, you know, that that's like a real thing. It's just like, you know, if this is our last show, it's like, you know, always just, you know, make it the best one. And it's just, just fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's just more fun just having that humility. Like, you know, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't 
respected as much if we literally just like stopped doing like you know like the, the crowd surfing in in the mosh pit. You know, if we just like changed yeah. up the, directly, it was like oh, so that was just like a front to get to. The it's, easier, it's easier to root for people who, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, never really never really lose the same energy that they had when they came in with it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you know, you meet a lot of people in this industry who, and, you know, some people are much like you, where, like, they're the same dudes I met, you know what I mean, when they were performing in, in either SOBs or performing in front of nobody to, mm-hmm. like, you know, rocking out stadiums. And, like, they have the same sort of mentality where it's like, yo, mm-hmm. This is what we work for, and we know it could be all gone tomorrow. So it's like mm-hmm. we give it 1,000, 20, 30,000% right. every time it goes out there. And it's evident, especially in the documentary. Right, right. Yeah. And just going back to the fact that, you know, like we've, we've done every step. Like we know what it takes to to get to every step. You know, we know what it takes to do your own amphitheater tour. You know, we know what it takes to do your own arena tour. We know what it takes to open up for somebody on their own tour. You know, so we just we just know too much shit. You know, like performing, I feel like it's just our thing. And, you know, we've always like, just me as a DJ, I was always so old school when it came to just like the the technicalities of, of performing, you know, and especially like for an artist, like my whole thing was always like, you know, just like whether it's a Duce Palooza or Natural World or whatever, it's like you always got to know like there can't be any, any, any like dry or like quiet moments, you know? There can't be no downtime. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you know, because that's the worst feeling in the world, I swear, mm-hmm. it's the worst feeling to just have that, like, oh, shit, like, what's they going to get drinks, they go going to the bathroom. Yeah, you know, the worst yeah. feeling. And I pay super close attention to everybody, you know, as many faces I can see, you know. Um, so that's just always been my mentality as a DJ. That's why we don't do, like, the whole, uh, like, I'm not hooked up to, like, a fucking rig that, like, I press play and everything just starts and I'm just sitting there just kind of, like, acting, you know, talking shit on the mic. Like, I still use Serato. Like, if I fuck, if my computer fucked up, on the stage, like the show's making fucked up. You know, fucked up. Hands on, I'm still doing my cue points, like with my, you know, I'm still doing all of that, like all the fucking whatever, you know, some sound effects, all that shit. So, uh, you know, that's just, I feel like that adds a whole nother element to it, where it's like with Travis's, with that high energy music, you know, mixed with the energy of how, you know, performing used to be back when, you know, like whenever it was literally just hands up all the time, you know, like when, you know, when DJs were literally like the stars of the show, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like combine both of those it just you know it gives with the kids you know something that they've never seen before so yeah i mean like uh, and obviously you've done paloozas i've been to a bunch of travis shows and even just the music like the music itself doesn't lend it to listening you know to, to calm listening you know what i'm saying like it's 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 performance-based music it's song that like can 100. only be fully enjoyed with a lot of people very mm-hmm. loudly Around, yeah. you know, you know, just just with with not a lot of inhibitions, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like unless yeah. like there's certain there's certain songs that you know that that have those moments where it kind of like rides a little bit, but like it's always anticipatory. Mm-hmm. It's always yeah. like, all right, even if this is like we're gonna we're gonna ease up a little bit, eventually it's mm-hmm. gonna elevate. It's, right. it's gonna, you know, there's gonna be a crescendo, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So when it comes to making music like that or DJing, what's more important? Like having those moments that crescendo or having that those moments where you really feel like you, you can control the crowd? Like mm-hmm. I feel like there's certain times where it almost feels better to like know that the crowd could literally do whatever you want mm-hmm. or you can make the crowd lose their mind. Right. Yeah, it, it kind of goes – it's kind of a little bit of both because – um. Like on the actual world tour, I say the two songs that I would look forward to 
most on the set list were no bystanders and skeletons, you know, and they're like two totally different ends of the spectrum, you know, just because one, you're just like, yo, it's time to lose your shit. And the other one is like, we're all a family, you know what I'm saying? Like you kind of can't have one without the other because you know, like you can't just be moshed in every single song. Then it just kind of turns into a gimmick. Yeah. And it's like, yo, I'm not going to the Travis Scott show to just literally just jump around and stepped on, get elbowed. (laughs) You know, but it's songs like skeletons that tie in everybody, whether it be like your moms and your aunties and uncles, you know, that, like it's those moments that, you know, where everybody has like fucking cell phone lights in the air and it, it just turns into like a real experience, you know? So I feel like, you know, both of them are super necessary, but I would always prefer just mayhem and shit like that. Shit. <laughs> that shit is like a thing. But, you know, for, as far as an album goes, obviously you need like the, the skeletons of the world and shit like that. Bro, I remember, man, I think I, well, I saw Astroworld. The Astroworld tour came to the garden, I think mm-hmm. about a year and change ago. Yeah. And when y'all perform uh, 3,500, oh, yeah. homeboys is sprinting off yeah. of that stage mm-hmm. and stage diving. Like, it's yeah. literally some of the craziest shit I've ever seen. What's the craziest yeah. thing you've ever seen at a Travis Scott show? Uh, shit. Crazy thing I've seen. It's just a, it's a lot. It's Honestly, a lot. <laughs> uh, you're, you're collectively, I think I've just seen a lot of just crazy shit. Like those, they, they give it up a little bit differently over there. Wait, what in Europe? You said, yeah. Right, okay. So, what's the difference between uh, a UK Travis Scott show and an American? You know, Americans, man. You know, it's a little, it's a little bit cooler, especially in New York and shit. Like, you know, you have like those diehard, like ready to fucking jump off a balcony or whatever, literally, yeah. and um. But then you also have, you know, like you're gonna have like some of your friends in there, friends and family, you know, the fucking VIPs of the fucking shit, all the right, whatever. And there's like over because we didn't have a, a a riser for like, like whoever thought they were supposed to be there, you know, like it was all, I guess, it was you know, all just just a section, whatever, like yeah, you might just all meet up in the same place. But as far right. as being in the crowd, you're in the crowd. So uh, you know, but those people, you know, they're they're just not they're not gonna get in the because you know they don't belong there, and you know. That's just a thing. But in Europe, it's just like, yeah, we're all just just fucking wild. You know, we're all just, we're literally here to just, you know, give this shit everything we got. So they just, it's a little bit different over there, like the fanfare and shit like that. But, um, yeah, so I just, there's, I feel like this last year of festival tours, there was probably a lot of crazy shit I've ever seen. Like they climbed up on the fucking, what am I thinking of? I remember, was it Terminal 5 in New York? Somebody jumped off the, the second balcony or whatever, the third balcony. And yeah, then, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that, that was wild. That was just, that's like a moment I'm like, I would rather forget, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. Why, bro? Like, that's crazy. That was nuts. I remember seeing that shit a lot. I'm like, yo, I hope he's okay, bro. Whatever. Um, so, so UK, like, what was what, what was the, 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 the big difference over there? Yeah, I just, um, it's... I don't know if they're just like louder or what, but then they just climbing on everything and it's just more like obstacle. They have trees to get on. It's just, it was just a whole bunch of wild shit, just one after another, you know? And um, just collectively, I just think that's just, yeah, they, they, they're just wild. But is it more fun to do festivals? Cause it feels like, you know, there's, there's more acts like, you know, of course you yeah. can have like the crowd that you bring, but yeah, yeah. it's almost like, you know, when you go to certain festivals, you're almost like competing with other mm-hmm. acts, other, yeah. Crowds, fans, where it's like, all right, I'll, 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 what's his face? Adele just performed. Yeah, like, yeah. now we got to, you know, crush that shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, is it more fun to do that or the stadiums and arenas better? Uh, you know, the festivals have like a little complex about them because I guess it depends on, on which one. 
But uh, obviously, you know, Travis has been blessed to headline fucking everything he does now. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's a little weird headlining because when we were coming up, like you get those crowds and they had just gotten to the festival. So like it might be like a – well, not just got there, but it might be like a 6 p.m., you know, mm-hmm. and like they're not off of whatever drug yet and they're not shit-faced drunk yet. So they're like really like, oh, shit, and they're like, you know, they're, they're, they're going fucking wild. And then when you're headlining, you kind of get like a little energy of like, yo, these kids have been here all day and they've been standing on their feet for like nine and a half hours and they're just like giving us their last like, you know what I'm saying? Like they yeah. just go around <laughs> on the box and shit just like, yo, go, y'all. But you can see it like, yo, y'all niggas is tired, bro. We appreciate you. <laughs> like, no, y'all niggas is tired, you know? So it's, it's a little complex with it. But um, I, th- I like I like Astro more than the festival ones, though, for sure. Just, oh, yeah. Just because it's like you know exactly why everybody's here. So yeah, yeah and and even just this this tour specifically, I mean, like I I feel like I've been to I've been to Rodeo, I've been to uh, Birds in the Trap tour, I've been to Astro. The Astro World tour just seemed like a culmination of everything I've been putting together for mm-hmm. for right. years since like the mixtape days. Where exactly. You had the roller coaster. You had the fucking runway for the for the stage dives. You had, you know, it was like literally two separate stages, and it was just insanity. Yeah, yeah. As far as like, is there anything conceptually that you guys would like to bring to a live show that probably you may think isn't possible yet, but you still want to try to do it anyway? Yeah. Uh, shit, I don't even know if I've gotten that far yet, for real. <laughs> I'm sure there's always something, shit. There's always something. And I feel like it's, it's going to be based on the music, uh, whatever, you know, content we come up with for this next album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based on that. But, yeah, there's always something. I'm sure we'll think of some wild shit. You know, it got to get bigger and better. So, One of my favorite parts of the Netflix documentary, and mm-hmm. I, I just – and just one of my favorite parts is just like knowing people in music and just like being at certain spots or in certain studios at certain times is like hearing songs for the first time mm-hmm. and knowing like, yo, this, this, this is going to go. You know, yeah, yeah. like there was like in the Netflix doc, it was like the part when we first heard the Drake verse on sickle mode. There was, yeah, you know, like there's so many moments like that, man. Um, man, is, is there any moment in particular that sticks out to you? That you know that was like that for me. Like I got excited listening to Sicko Mode all over again, watching mm-hmm. y'all get excited for yeah. it. You know what I'm Man, it was crazy about that fucking shit. So I, I was like going through some some shit, like some whatever real life know, shit, relationship, whatever. I was uh, do shit, right. So I'm in the house, and I'm like in the worst mood ever. Like I really just at that point, I'm just like, man, I've been here all day. Like I'm just arguing on the phone. Like I'm trying to dip right. Yeah, and then everybody runs because that's why I'm sitting in the chair, and everybody runs into the kitchen, and they're like, "Yo, they got the first or whatever, whatever." And everybody's hiding. I'm just like, "Like, damn, this shit hard." But I'm so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even enjoy it. Yeah, I couldn't even enjoy it, man. I felt so bad. I'm like, "Yo, this shit is hard," but fuck, bro, I'm just not in it. And then you know when you when you hear it back, like probably even like the next day, I was like, "Yeah, like you know what I'm saying, I got one, whatever." But it's you know that was like a very unfortunate circumstance for me, just because I wanted to be there like mentally with everybody, and I just wasn't. So that was like one of my least favorite shits. Was, was going <laughs> really? Yeah, I, yeah. What was your favorite one? Though? What was your favorite? Yo, so studio moment, like, oh shit, this is this is fucking it right here. Yeah, I feel like everybody saw it on the when uh, when we were like 
getting like the structure down for no bystanders. Mm. I was like, because I had literally, I probably landed like two hours before that. So I just came in hot, like, yo, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever I doing, whatever I doing, like, let's hear some shit. Whatever, we got straight to work. And that's the first one. It was like, oh, like, nigga, <laughs> like, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? And so, I was on this flight. Yo, let me tell you, man, like, what that was, like, little fun fact is because mad people were flying in from New York. Like, I flew in from New York. I think Ray flew in from New York. I think Busy flew in from New York. And that's a 10 hour flight. So, like, every time somebody would land in Hawaii where we was doing the album at, you're like, yo, I just fucking got off this 10 hour fucking flight. <laughs> and, and so that's where the whole shit, you know, kind of came in. So that shit was fire. Bro, yeah. I remember like the last, we just did, we did Palooza at Made in America this mm-hmm. past year. And as fun as that was, the one clip, like anytime like we put out like the fucking, when we was outside clips, like just reminiscing mm-hmm. on, you know, before this whole quarantine shit. Yeah. Even Title put out the the footage of us just doing no bystanders, like oh, yeah. everybody in there. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, if this is how it feels to just party to the record, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, imagine oh. making that shit or performing that shit, dog. Like that shit, no bystanders is one of those records that like I'm gonna remember for as long as I fucking live, dog. Yeah, like, yeah. Travis makes a lot of anthems, but that song. Mix with the fucking fuck the club up sample, like up. It's it just it just speaks to me, bro. It speaks yeah. to me like that's one of them records that like he don't gotta he don't even gotta he could go and make acoustic albums for the rest of his life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, as long as no bystanders still exists, kids are still fucking mosh pits to the acoustic shit. They'll still find, <laughs> they'll find the rhythm and still just be like <laughs> find a little note or whatever to jump to. Yeah. Oh my god, man! But, uh, yeah, like so. I guess the last question I'm gonna ask before before we get out of here, man. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we you know we got the album coming hopefully, and you know we talked about uh, just hopefully everybody staying safe, and you know sneakers and touring and stores yeah. and everything that's just going on in, in video games, everything, man. Like, mm-hmm. is, is did you picture any of this? when you were in Houston or Jersey or Connecticut, like you, was there ever a moment that you were like, Oh yeah, no, I'm totally going to like tour the world and create sneakers and do all this shit. Or is, are you still fucking flabbergasted by like what life has turned into you for you? Uh, um, the government like music, but you can I, repeat like, that. I think we lost you for a bit. You repeat that real quick. Uh, um, yeah, maybe not so much in Houston. Um, we were just like, just you know, literally ground zero, just kind of like figuring out the sound and like whatever, you know, um, just trying to get out our mom's house and shit. But definitely, I feel, I feel like I knew when, like right after I, I, I think I left school in like 2011, and um, we would just be trapping out of like. Like Ashton, like had this little apartment in, in Brooklyn. We'd be trapping out of there. We'd be trapping out of East Orange. And I feel like then I was like, "There's like nothing's gonna stop us." You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like everything that's going on right now, I kind of not ex- I've, of course. Like I wasn't like, "Yo, we're gonna have a fucking video game," but I was like, <laughs> "All of this makes sense to me." You know what I'm saying? I feel like I, I kind of expected like sky's the limit type of mentality. You know, so it's at this point, it's just about curating it and and you know keeping it going while it's there, you know. Unfortunately, you know, it won't be there forever, but mm. like we're doing a great job of 
of keeping it at a certain taste level and a, and a, and a, you know, just a certain place. So, uh, but yeah, I feel like I always knew for the most part. So you guys just opened up a store in Houston called uh, Open Space Village. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, when people starting start to open up, you know, brick and mortar places and, you know, especially when it's lifestyle and everything that people see from you and Trav and just the entire crew. And now you got these, the, 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 the Cactus Jack Jordans that are coming out and all mm-hmm. that roll out. You guys are kind of like at the epicenter of what streetwear culture is now. Right. So yeah. um, when it came to opening this store, what was yeah. the biggest what was the biggest uh, direction that you wanted to go with opening, especially if it's in Houston? It's, it's not New York. It's not like, you know, right. there's the streetwear stores everywhere. Like what was really the direction when it came to creating this space and making sure it was a place that people could come and get those like New York style? Like you ain't got the yeah. type of. Uh, energy mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. That was pretty much the premise of the store was that, you know, I had been in New York for so long and uh, Travis been in LA for so long and just across the world, you know, for the last like five, six years before that. And we just kind of wanted to have like a flagship spot of, of what we're into, you know, like we, you know, of course, like there's merch drops everywhere. You go to a festival, you can buy merch and, you know, saying all this type of shit and, you know, with the website and all that type of shit. But there was never really like a tangible thing. Like you can come and see kind of like what we see mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, so that's that was always like the premise of the story, just like bringing that shit back to. And then Rice Village is such like a prominent area when it comes, just like our culture and like how we grew up, and you know, like in premium goods around the corner, and we used to always shop there and shit. You know, just it just felt a lot to be a part of Rice Village. Like that area right there was like, because we're from Mo City, we're not from like you know like Mo City is probably like 15 minutes outside of Houston. Okay. You go when you go basically like downtown to us to like Rice Village. In high school, that was like a thing. Like you making a trip to go to go get some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you go to the Galleria or go over to Rice Village and shop. So that was kind of like us officially coming back home. Was like, all right, now we here in Rice Village. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, down the street from where we grew up at, and uh, it just means a lot to be, especially right there on that block, like it's on Rice Boulevard. So yeah, that shit just meant a whole lot. And um, aside from that, you know, we want to expand. We want to you know have locations in New York and LA and. Tokyo, wherever, you know, so like this whole thing is still, you know, very much under construction and shit, but, um, you know, the store in Houston is, you know, hugely successful and we thank everybody for pulling up and all that type of shit stuff. Hell yeah. I mean, so so just being like, you know, and you wear so many hats when it comes to, yeah. and, you know, not just, you know, DJ and not just being the A&R of running a label or running a store, like, you wear a million fucking hats. Like, what do you do on your, what's your What's your off time like? What do you do yeah, when you just don't feel like working? Like, what's 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 kicking it with Chase? Yeah. Like, yeah, a lot of video. Have, do you have free time? <laughs> yeah, shit. yeah, 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 for sure. You know, yeah. a lot of video games, a lot of 2K and shit. Uh, man, the the toughest part, and this also kind of goes into this quarantine shit because I feel like this is basically what my life would be like if I didn't have to travel to DJ all the time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have to get on a plane because most of my week is really en route to somewhere. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, if I'm coming back from Vegas, I'm on the way to LA. You know, it's, it's a lot of flights and that shit, you know, when you're in the air with shitty Wi-Fi for like six hours a day, you know, you get very discouraged when it comes to getting shit done. But, um, yeah, so now I finally can, you know, I've never been anywhere for this long, like since like high school or, you know, probably college. I've never just been in a city for like more than 
like seven, eight days at a time. You know wow. what I'm saying? So that's new to me. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm working out. Like I had a crazy workout this morning. Come here, play some games and shit. Uh, you know, I still just make beats all the time and shit. And um, yeah, I'm not much of a book reader. That's like no more. <laughs> that's the one thing I can get into, man. Like I, I get yeah. the okay going. I go work out. I get, but the books. I mean, it looks cool on like a shelf. <laughs> When you backstage and they got the whole, you know, yeah. usually I would have books behind me, but they're just like kicks and like posters of me and shit. But yeah. it's, it's I, I can read on the phone though. I, I don't know if it's something about the, I don't know, yeah. whoever, whoever watches is going to think I'm the fucking dumbest motherfucker. Yeah, it's like some ignorant shit. I don't want to sound ignorant at all. <laughs> My thing is uh, now um, I've been going back and just like, I'll take like one person and I'll just have like their theme of movies like for the week. So I did Spike Lee. A couple weeks ago, and just like rewatched a lot of like Twenty Fifth Hour, she right. had me, all that shit. Like not the obvious ones. Like I'm not about to just watch do the right thing a billion times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because like my brother would sit. Yo, down. slept on Spike Lee film Inside Man. Very slept on. Like that shit. Favorite one. My it favorite. is. Ah, there you go. <laughs> it's just I love bank like heist movies and shit. Yeah. He like he did his thing on that shit. And I love that movie so much. I maybe I just got excited when you said it and I said my favorite one. But I really, really love that movie. Like it's probably my top three Spike Lee movies for sure. I would go, I would go, uh I would go He Got Game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, I'm freaking, but whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. It's it's yeah. Hey, yeah. Know, super it's generic, cool. right? Uh, <laughs> he got game, inside man, uh mm-hmm. do the right thing. I, I can't I can't go against do the right thing, bro. It's classic. Yeah. Absolute classic. I, I, I really like that movie. You know what I'm saying it, it resonates, but uh, but yeah. So um, just because like you sit down and you watch those movies when you're like 14, you don't know what the fuck Spike was trying to like get across. It hits him now though. It hits him when yeah. he get older. Exactly. So now I'm rewatching these and I'm like, yo, this nigga's really. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to get this message. Across. And before you just watch the movies and say you watched them to go back yeah. to school, you're like, yo, did you see this? And like, yeah, I seen that. Oh, this like, my favorite part. Or yada, yada, yeah, yada, yada. you don't really know. So I'm really glad that uh, I did that. I'm doing Robin Williams this week, and the, the, like the talent just shines through the lens. Like you know what I'm saying? Like before he was just like, you know, he'd be funny sometimes. You know, he's like a good actor, but now it's just like you really see like, yo, this nigga is playing. You know, he did Jack, and he's in fucking Hook, and he's. Fucking Bicentennial, man. It's like, yo, like, this nigga's really He's a beast, bro. He's a fucking yeah. beast. Him and, like, him and uh, Jim Carrey in the same mm-hmm. way. Right, exactly. Where it's like, yo, when you're younger, he's like, oh, man, this guy makes the funny faces. And then, like, the <laughs> old guy, I'm like, oh, no, he's like a real deal fucking, like, thespian, dog. Like, this is real. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, it's not that easy to be able to make people laugh and make people cry and make exactly. people think. Like, there's people like him, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman, another one. Yeah, like, Long right. Game Polly is, like, one of my favorite flicks. Mm-hmm. And, like, he goes from making you laugh to being dead fucking serious in the blink of an eye. And that's a talent. That's a talent, man. And, you know, you just... Because when you're younger, I feel like you only see, like, the best of the best of movies and shit. Right. Because it only it doesn't get to you, like, if you're older. Yeah. Like, if, you're, if you're watching a movie when you're that age, right, like... You're not going to. You don't know what your taste is yet. Like you you're know, watching yeah. what like people you watch. Right, right. Yeah. So now that you know, like you have like a gauge of of what you know real acting is, and you know what your tastes are, and you know what you prefer in movies and shit. Uh, I think it's really important to go back and you know study these like legends and these actors, you know, especially like Jim Carrey. You know, that might be like next week to do <laughs> <you know, laughs> myself green and shit like that. 
Um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. I, I watch a lot of movies, documentaries. I've been watching watch Mad Pro Wrestling. Mad oh, yeah, that's your thing, right? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need uh, to go. I'm a, big, I'm a big pro wrestling guy. So, like, I'll go back and watch old WrestleManias, watch yeah. fucking, like, 90s wrestling. Like, like you said, like, you don't really know what your taste is. When you're younger, you just watch what you watch. And now I'll go back and watch, like, Oh, that's why Bret Hart was that nigga. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, to go back and check that whole that shit out. Um yeah. so the 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 Cactus Jack Jays, right? Like the mm-hmm. whole Jordan uh collection you guys have been running through, those have been some of the most sought after uh in demand kicks of of not even just the year, just like in Jordan history. Like yeah. you know, and Jordan sell Jordan's is gonna sell out, but like mm-hmm. the type of hysteria that came mm-hmm. through these Jordan ones was something I haven't seen like in a long, long time. Um, what else can we expect from like the, the, the next coming of that Jordan collaboration or is it, or like what's, what's that relationship like with, J- with Jordan? Uh, the relationship is man, that's game. You know what I'm saying? I, I would like to speak for life. You know what I'm saying? I want to speak like too far in the future, but you know, I'm locked in, trap locked in, you know, shout out to Reggie and everybody. Uh, they've just been super supportive of everything. Whether it be like, like, they'll, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's people like, from Jordan that will, like, tell my mom happy birthday and shit like that. Like, they're really, like, you know, super supportive, like, with everything. Nice. Like, shit. Uh, the one thing, man, we, we've worked on a lot of shit that I want to just, like, talk about, like, too freely. But um, this this quarantine shit has, like, been messing with, like, a lot of, like, productions and, and shit like that. You know, it's just, just, you know, people obviously just aren't at work. Mm. So, uh, yeah, like, the timing of everything, I have no clue about anymore, man. It was all good just the week. <laughs> wise, a wise, um, oh man, a, a wise, a wise poet and, right. and once said, right. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah. crazy though, man. Like it's it's one of those things where I mean, now I know I've done this for myself and everybody I've talked to, and it's it's even the reason why I've done this podcast. I made sure it's daily because I want to be able to talk to different people from all different walks of life, whether they're, they're, they're artists, athletes, influencers, just friends of mine, people I find interesting. Mm-hmm. And the the running theme with everybody is that I feel like everybody wants to come out of this whole thing, either a different person or a more efficient person or yeah. something like that. What, what, if, what, how do you want to come out of this quarantine? Like? So literally this, this, uh, this morning when we were working out, uh, it was crazy. It was like, so we're at this park. And, you know, it was all, like, fucking, it was a Houston thing. Like, fucking, Nick James is there, Deshaun is there, like, mad people. And so we're all just talking, you know, about, like, you know, like, you know, everybody's looking all scruffy and shit. Like, you know, I'm, I'm proud of everybody that they were really, like, learning the rules, you know, of, like, just kind of, you know, just staying out of the way. And so um, we just kind of had to talk at the end of it. And it's like, man, the one thing you can't be when you come out of this is worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least just, just be better at something. You know, just, just be better than you were before you went into this shit. You know, because there's really no excuse. You know, unless you really just got sick, and right. you know that's. But you know, if you're healthy, like just learn something, pick up some type of hobby. Uh, you know, just be in better shape. It, it's really no excuse to just be to be worse than what you were before you you came into this. I don't know everybody's situation. You know, I know different cities have different um, lockdown rule. I know Houston's probably a lot more uh, lenient. Yeah, way leading. I, I was watching y'all shit like <laughs> between Texas, Georgia, and Florida, yeah. and I love those states. I love those yeah. states. Like, yo, I'm gonna have to give yeah. it a couple more weeks or months before. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm definitely, I'm definitely not going to any bars or, or, or clubs anytime soon. But um, uh, hell, uh, New York. I mean, yeah. out here in New York and, and New Jersey area, it's like ground zero. So <laughs> shit flying over yeah. here, bro. Shit is ass. This shit. Wake up every morning and just say this shit is ass. Just yeah. so I have the phone. For the day. Right, yeah. So if it's not ass, it's like, yo, today wasn't ass. You know what I'm saying? Not bad, exactly. As long as you yeah. with that with that that mind frame, like, you know what? This shit is fucking ass, but I'm a I'm a make a way today. I'm a, I'm a create something. If you're not if you're not working, like if you're not able to go outside and, and run a couple miles every day or, or just go and, and you know do your whatever your routine is, like you can learn a language, you can you know, you can learn different foods to cook, like something. Just come out of this shit better, man, because you know, you got to turn your shit into a positive. So you can't let it win, you know? So, yeah, like it's, it's, it's all to me. I always say like, yo, this whole thing is really mental, bro. Like mm-hmm. it's one of those things yeah. where it's like every generation of people has their thing, whether it was like the fucking war or, yeah. or the depression and people being broke or like our mm-hmm. shit is like, yo, just stay in the fucking house. Right. And, and, you know, create or do something that's going to keep you motivated. And maybe it may not be over in a, in, in a month. It may not be over for another couple months. But it's mm-hmm. like everybody's got their thing. And now I'm just realizing, you know, mm-hmm. the generation before us was probably like 9-11. And before right. that was like, you know, the depression or the war or all this other mm-hmm. shit. This is our shit. And it's yeah. like we want to be there's going to be a, a pre Corona world and a post-corona world, I just want to come out of that shit and be like, man, we yeah. can't go back to wherever that was because right. right. I'm a better person now. I like the person I am after this because mm-hmm. it's taught me to appreciate like conversation. Yeah. It's taught me to right. appreciate like handshakes, hugs, like <laughs> going to the diner. You know what I mean? Like the littlest things that we all took for granted. Like I was, I was driving my car the other day. I saw a school of geese across the street. In New York, like never mm-hmm. in my life, where I just see like a school of geese just walking in the street, like it's uh, the magic school bus or something. Right. I was reading like a coloring book. I'm like, I don't even know they can do this. But you know, even if it's even if it's just being just better to to nature and being better to the world, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's what everybody should take from this. Like, yeah. we can't we can't be worse. Right. I, I think you nailed it right in the head, man. You can't, man. You can't. So. You know, hopefully he's on the. Hopefully everybody's on the same court. And like all that bad blood, I feel like should just stop, man. Like I don't know if you had beef with somebody before this yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I'm all the fighting in the club shit and whatever. I feel like it, you know, there's just no room for that. Like, cause who knows? That might be the last time you can have the opportunity to fight in the club. So just you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll be even taking for granted running up and smacking niggas in the club, bro. Like, yeah. oh, man, we can't even. Your last time, you crazy about you on Instagram, like yo, you lucky to be in quarantine, or else I'll run up on you. And- right, yeah, just drop it, man, you know. Man, like yo, after this shit, if yeah. I if I smack you up after this, like you must have really earned it. Like, I'm, really- I'm just doing this shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chase, man, I know, I know, uh, you got a lot of things to to, to knock out, but uh, I really appreciate you coming and giving me your yeah. time, man. We'll we'll catch up soon and do another Palooza or do. Something you know before this is all over, bro. Yeah, I might never go inside again, man. I'm now, bro, I, I, as soon as it's, I'm, I'm pulling up to everything. I'm like, I'm on the opening of an envelope after this yeah. year. Bro. I don't you should catch me on Bleaker, just sleeping there and just waking up. You know what I'm saying I'm just be outside. Fuck it. That's what we get. This is, this is all pop smoke for. It was all <laughs> we outside all year long, and now look now, at 
As soon as she left, it's like, all right, great, great joke, Pop. Great joke. <laughs> anyway, Chase, man, thank you so much. If there's anything you want to leave us off with before we get out of here, man, have at it, bro. Uh, of course, man, shout out to the whole gang, Trav, Don, Shaq, uh, Cactus Jack, gang, Cactus Jack, the label. Uh, happy birthday, David. Um, and yeah, go stream Casino, go stream Mayday, go stream Jack Boys, go stream the Scots. And stay inside, wash your hands, and wash your ass, man. It's not that hard. So. That's great. That's, that's, that's the best. That is literally how I end every episode. Like, stay yeah. safe, wash your ass, stay away from me. Right. <laughs> Chase, stay safe, my brother. Always good to see you, man. And uh, hopefully I'll get to see you soon after all this is done, bro. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. And that has been today's episode of Say Less. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks to our guest, Chase B, for, you know, giving us the gab on everything Travis Scott and everything Cactus Jack. Uh, man, hope you enjoy it. Make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend, youtube.com slash Kazim. Make sure to uh, subscribe on whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast. Go to google.com, type in Say Less with Kaz, and you will... My fault. <laughs> and you will uh, enjoy the show. So thank you so much. Wash your ass, wash your hands, and stay less. <laughs>